Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life. And for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topics and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. In this episode, we are going to visit with an exit planning colleague of mine whose specialty focuses on internal transfers to family members. We're going to get right to it after we hear from our sponsor, Sunbelt Business Advisors. You wouldn't go deep sea fishing without a guide or skydive without an instructor. So don't sell your business without a broker. Now is a great time to sell a business. Many are selling at a premium. Contact a business broker at sunbeltminnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth. Because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit sunbeltminnesota.com. Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880, sunbeltminnesota.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with Diane Ross Hansen, president of Exit Planning Strategies and a fellow certified exit planner. Diane, welcome to Poised for Exit. Thank you, Julie. It's fun to be here. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. I've been wanting to do this for a while now. Um, And so we've got some listeners out there that I'm sure know who Diane is. She does a lot of um, speaking on the topic of exit planning, especially on internal transfers. And we're going to get into that. Um, But before we do, I think it would be good for our listeners to learn a little bit about you and your background and how you got your company off the ground. And how did that all come about? Thank you. That's a great question. And I've been asked this. So I, uh, I actually had to look back. I started exit planning in 2005. Mm. At the time, I was with a full-service financial planning organization. I remember a client had invited me to come in for what I had believed to be an annual review, along with his accountant and his attorney. They ap- actually, two brothers, owned a company. It was an equipment company, western border of Wisconsin. They said, Diane, we want to get together X, Y, Z. So we were there. I had been working with, a, with them for a number of years on their qualified retirement plan, their business continuity plan, their personal estate planning. Hmm. And when we got there, the two brothers, we went into the conference room. Two brothers slipped a piece of paper. They were looking a little bit, you know, kind of lackluster. Slipped a piece of paper across the table to us as the advisors and said, here, we want your opinion on this. And... What it ended up being was a auction agreement for the equipment within their company. They they shared with us as advisors, said, we have hit the wall. We're done. We're tired of missing, you know, the kids' sporting events. We're tired of working the 70-hour weeks. Um, we want to begin living life. And we spoke with this auctioneer. We feel like this is the direction we have to go. Huh. So... 
the advisors, of course, were all looking at each other thinking, oh, my gosh, are you serious? You've been at this for, you know, over 20 years. They had over 55 employees. They, oh. they were doing close to about $20 million a year in revenue. Wow. Right? And um, so, again, after, after we tried to explore some other alternatives, internal, do you have anybody that could take over internally? No, not really. Externally, there wasn't a market for their particular industry. Mm. So what ended up happening was is that they did, in fact, just proceed with liquidating and took $10 on the, 10 cents on the dollar for the amount of time that they put in. And as devastating as that was for them, you know, here you had a community that lost a contributor. You had 55 employees, families who no longer had a job. Mm. You had two gentlemen that gave blood, sweat, and tears and, and walked away with a dollar uh, for every mm. 10 they shouldn't. And the question that, that, that came up for me was, how does this happen? And the answer to that is, A, they were like so many of the owners we work with, mm. too busy working in the business mm. versus on the business. Mm. They never understood the, the, the need to build a transferable business, which again, you and I speak the same language. And you know, the other thing that bothered me afterwards is that I said, you know, why, why hadn't we or the accountant or the attorney ever asked these two, you know, what's your game plan? What's your end game? Do you have any thought? So 2005, I left the full service financial organization and I started exit planning strategies to really be able to help owners navigate what you've already identified, you refer to in your Poise for Exit book, the most significant, I say, financial event yes, of their life. That's what I do. Help them be, be more prepared for it and take control. Long story short. Wow. So that really impacted you enough to Absolutely. just like change the, the paradigm, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And here you are. Yeah. Since two, <laughs> yeah tw- what is it? 16 years later. Yeah. 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 And, we, and we went through the certification process together. You know what? I yeah. I, yeah. I uh, mentioned you this morning. You and I, in November of 2015, yeah. were at the, the Booth School of Business yeah, in, in the University of Chicago. Yeah. yeah. We, were the, we were the clone SEPAs C- in I, the Twin Cities. Well, I think we were the only women in the class. Too, yeah, yeah. 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 Sure I remember, right? Yeah. Well, okay. So let's talk about your, your marketplace, your niche, your target. Um, there aren't a whole lot of advisors out there that specialize the way you do. And there's such a market for the work that you do that you probably never sleep. I can't imagine how busy you are. Um, but, let, but let's go there because it would be for, important for people to hear. <laughs> you look great, by the way. <laughs> and the benefit of our listeners, they, <laughs> they can't see you guys or they can't see us, right? Because we're not on video. But let's just say Diane looks great. <laughs> and this is without any sleep. <laughs> Right, because <laughs> you're so dang busy. I'm not that damn busy. <laughs> well, just after the show, you will be. Oh my goodness! You know, my, you know the question of marketplace niche. I've had to ask myself that mm. actually, because Julie, as you know, the space for exit plan resource has grown significantly since 2005. Mm. And in fact, a lot of times, clients will say, "Well." You know, like, how are you different from a Julie Keys or how are you different from an EOS or, or whatever? So I had to give this some actual thought. And I came across a definition okay. that helped me to answer that question. And it was from Divestopedia. I don't know if you're familiar with mm. it. Um, 
The definition is an exit strategy is a plan developed to monetize an owner's investment in a business. And I'm going to repeat that. Mm -hmm. Exit strategy is a plan developed to monetize an owner's investment in a business. So as I think about that, I say, you know, what do I do? What's my market? I help business owners through a very defined process, comprehensive in nature, outcome agnostic, but I would also describe it as tactical, logistic, financial. Mm-hmm. That's, if that makes sense, it's helping owners through a defined process that's tactical, financial-based. Mm-hmm. I work with owners three to 10 years out from divest your ISA in either contribution or capital. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, you and I know this too, the owners have to be, have to understand the value of being proactive on this. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's how I would kind of describe that, if that does. Mm-hmm. And do you, so when you say f- from a financial perspective, are you talking about um, like more of the owner readiness side versus the business readiness side? I mean, when we talk about exit planning, there's two different yeah. distinctions, right? So um, let's yeah, talk about that. Yeah, that's a good question. So it's it's ownership ready side or business yeah. is what you asked me. I would, and, and a great differentiation, I mm-hmm. would say definitively owner yeah. ready. That that would be my guess too, yep. that that's kind of where you play. That's your yep. space. I know you work with a lot of family businesses. Yep. Um, right? I mean, well, we all do, but you know, you're, you're, you are like the guru when it comes to, (laughs) you know, helping that next gen and, and the owners figure out, you know, ownership and, and how to, yeah, uh, right. How to, how to plan. Well, and for example, and thank you, um, for your, your kudos. Yeah. My, my niche, my specialty is in what I refer to as, and I'm quoting my fingers, internal transitions. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be to co-owners, it can be to family members, it can mm-hmm. be to a combination of them. Mm-hmm. But if I were to describe the the, the process when we say financial-based or owner-based, it really centers around the owner. Absolutely. Yes. And that's yeah. where I think, you know, your expertise and um, in this process comes into play. So for example, we start with the owner when do you want to be out? How much money do you need? Yeah. And who, if we forgot about money, do you want to transition to? Second step is, what are your financial resources? Which includes what's the value of the business. Correct. Yeah. Step three is, how do we build value? And how do we minimize taxes on the transaction? Step four is external, if they want to go outside. Step five is internal. How do they do that when your buyers have no money? So we're, we're spreadsheeting, you know, yes. we're showing them how to do it. Mm. Step six is continuity. What happens if you get hit by the proverbial bus? Right. One of the four Ds, five Ds. And then step seven is the estate planning, making sure their legacy documents are consistent with their goals. Mm-hmm. So it's very owner-centric. Yep. So when you say continuity, you're talking contingency planning, basically. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That was my world before I started exit planning, yeah. is the business continuity. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, nobody likes to talk about that, no. but the reality is, right. if, you don't, and if you don't have it handled, it could bring down the, the value. The other thing I tell owners on that subject, guys, women, owners, men, family, 
that is the easiest component to address. It is. The quickest, the yeah. cheapest. Yeah. Let's just check it off the list. Yeah, I agree. 100%. <laughs> but it's usually the last one that they want to yeah. talk about. Or yeah. they wait until they run into a trouble. Right. And then they're backed into a corner. And Yeah. That's yeah. a problem. Yeah, unfortunately. I, I think that we as human beings will tend to resist things that, <laughs> that we don't want to talk about or that we don't like or that we're afraid of or that we don't understand. Yeah which many times that's what that all is. But it's yeah. not the big hairy monster they think that it is No, either. no, no. It doesn't have to be at all. No, no. Not no. at all. So let's talk about uh, client story. Oh, geez. I'm sure you got a gazillion, but you know, <laughs> share a juicy one with us. You know, I think, oh gosh, <laughs> I'm not going to tell all my secrets. <laughs> I think a good one that, that um, probably exemplifies how internal transitions work. It was a construction company. Um, there was a majority owner and two minority owners. Mm. The majority was ready to, you know, get on with life outside of the business, uh, wanted to transition to the two minor m- minority owners, and then one other key uh, employee within the company. Well, they weren't really SBA qualified. The mm. value of the business was too high. Um, and what we did was we first of all took a look at, well, what is the value? We got an opinion on the value, which we have to, and you and I know if we ask the owner what the value of the company is nine times out of 10, we're going to get an inflated figure, but okay. So we go to the internal buyers, they're, they're experienced, they're qualified. Um, you know, do you have those dollars to be able to make a transition or a purchase? And the answer of course is no. No. So what ends up happening in, and and this isn't anything unusual, but what ends up happening in a lot of internal transitions is that a portion of the ownership is purchased through release of a deferred key employee incentive and retention plan. Mm. Funds are deferred. They're only earned once certain financial benchmarks are achieved. Mm. And then they're not available prior to, you know, a two or three or four or five year period. But then once they hit that point, they've got some dollars to be able to then begin a gradual purchase of ownership. Mm. And then in the event that those key players get recruited by a competitor or someone else, they have to think twice. They have to say, hey, you know, I'm giving up a pretty big pot of dollars that is pre-funding yes. a portion of my buy-in. And so that's how a lot of internal transitions are partially financed. And then once your internal buyers, if it's family members or if it's key employees or whoever, once they've got a percentage, now they're bankable. Yeah. Now they can go out and they can obtain outside financing. Mm-hmm. But nothing juicy about that, unfortunately. Well, I think but just common. the solution itself is, is um, I think that it, it helps business owners to think about the fact that there are ways and there's not just one way to skin a cat. And I, what I run into many times with business owners is that they think there's only one way for them right. to exit their business, and there are many ways. Right, the, absolutely. The, right, the, the, the tighter the ship has run, been run, right, the well-oiled uh, machine, um, the more options they have. Absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing I run into is that owners are just so <laughs> pleased to learn that, yeah, there is a path for this internal. And no, you don't have to give it mm-hmm. away. Well, what if they only have a year or two? 
Yeah, that, you that's know, tough, that, right? That, that absolutely is tough mm-hmm. because that puts more pressure on that outside financing, right? Or mm-hmm. rich el- relative, perhaps. Right. Sure. Um, you know, whatever the case. Absolutely, and in fact, you know, you may even ask me this, but one of the questions we often get is, you know, what's your advice? Well, my advice is start, you know, the day you get into business. Mm -hmm. What's the biggest problem that owners have? And that is, is pulling the trigger in beginning to learn what their options are. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the key. But I'll I'll save that. You might ask me that. Well, entrepreneurs (laughs) live forever, though, don't we? Absolutely, we do. We're never going to die. We have nine lives, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. that's somebody else's (laughs) problem, not ours, right? We're just going to keep on pushing the metal, right? Well, okay, so um, that was a good story. Um, How about... Not How much about, juice, though. Well, no, it's good. It's very juicy. You know, you didn't reveal anything that was disparaging to anybody, and right. you know, it was a good solution. So I'm sure we could talk more about that. But I know you have a seven step process. What yeah. does that look like? Yeah, and I kind of alluded to that. I I did you the the honor of kind of going through it fairly fast because mm-hmm. it I can take you know 30 minutes to go through it, but it's seven steps. Mm-hmm. And by the way. You and I are involved with Exit Planning Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, this seven step is is the 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 newer, not the newer, the older version of EPI's value acceleration, but in a much more condensed. It comes from an organization called Business Enterprise (BEI). It was started by an M and A attorney mm-hmm. in Denver, and when I saw this process, and I and I and I tested it out, if you will, with business owner clients that I was working with at the time, it mm-hmm. resonated because mm-hmm. it made so much sense. Simple, you know, step one, what are the objectives? When do you want to be out? Who do you want to transition to? How much money do you need to, to enjoy financial independence? Yeah. A lot of times owners don't know that. And if they don't know that, they just keep their nose to the grindstone right. rather than understanding, you know, you could step back yeah. from a financial standpoint. So that's step one, objectives. Step two is the financial resources. What's the value of the company? Step three is how do we build value? How um, do we minimize taxes? Step four is external. What do we have to do? Meeting today, this morning, the M&A advisor says the biggest uh, problem to successful M&A outcomes is time. It yes. takes too much time yeah. between the buyer and the seller. The due yeah. di- so step four is outside. Mm-hmm. Step five is internal. Mm-hmm. How do you do it? Step six is the business continuity. Step seven is the estate planning. Mm-hmm. That's the process. And it, it all makes sense. And you did touch on a lot of that, but I wanted you to kind of list them out yep. because I think it's good. The repetition of hearing yep. that is good. Yep. Yeah. Don't they say time kills all deals? I mean, that's kind of pretty much what... Absolutely. Yeah. It, and they alluded to that. Yeah. And it does... Yeah. I think when we've got a client that's going external, I think having you on board or having me on board is really a plus for the M&A advisor because then they're not having to, you know, constantly stay, you know, in touch with them and remind them and coddle them and push right. them. And right. Yeah. I've I've been told that it's um, very valuable. Absolutely. When someone like us is involved and absolutely. it really takes a lot of it off the owner too. like, absolutely, you know, um, getting them kind of prepared, you know, maybe thinking about pre-due diligence, like here's what we really need to know and what we really need to prepare for. Right. So um, let's talk about challenges. And and we know that there are plenty of them, but getting the whole, you know, process started. Yeah. How do we get them over the hump? Yeah. Um, You know, I think 
the challenges that a lot of owners, I mean, if you, if you talk to them about your business, they always want to talk about it. You know, when you talk yeah. about, well, what's the end game? Sometimes there's emotional, there's logistical resistance, and mm. rightfully so. You know, emotionally, this business is their baby. It's their sense of worth. It's right. their sense of uh, confidence. Yeah. Um, you know, when we talk about exiting, which mm-hmm. is a is a hard word to sometimes use, we use it carefully. Yeah. Um, you know, when we use that word, they think, oh, my gosh, uh, immortality or right. death mm-hmm. or insignificance. So I think the biggest challenge we have is to help owners to understand that this isn't, you know, stepping out. It's it's looking at your largest financial asset and trying to proactively take control over how it is going to transition. Mm -hmm. Because again, it's generally going to be one shot. How are we going to help that owner understand what their options are, bring the necessary expertise to the advisory team, Mm -hmm. prepare them for what they can expect, and see that through a successful transition. I mean, that starting early, so often owners think, you know what, I don't have to worry about this. I'm not looking to transition for another three years. And when I do, there's going to be buyers lined up. They're going to have all cash. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to ride off into the sunset. Right. Well, we call that a dream. Right. You and me. That's not a plan. Pipe pipe dream. Yeah, to be specific, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Does, it doesn't it doesn't work that way hardly ever. No, unless you do a lot of planning ahead of time, then it works that way. Well, right? you know, people yeah. say how early. Well, yeah. runway if it's an external runways three, I would say know, so at least to get financials and mm-hmm. and processes documented and 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 all that mm-hmm. internal, no question. An internal, unless the buyer's coming with cash, which is highly improbable. It's at least a five to a seven year runway. Mm. So that's the biggest challenge is, you know, start early, educate yourself. And how do you do that? Well, you read books like Poise for Exit. You read all of the material out there. I know on my website, I have a link to a ebook, mm-hmm. Exit Planning, Seven Common Myths. Um, you know, educate yourself. Um, talk to your advisors you know, if, if they don't have the expertise, they know people like you and I that mm-hmm. might add value to the discussion. You know, start thinking about, well, you know, take a step back and, and really, when would you like to be out? What are your objectives? You And in fact, you can say, you know what, I'll just keep working. And that's okay if yeah. that's a purposeful decision. Right. Yeah. It, it is okay if they, yeah. if they really want to keep working. Nothing wrong with that. No. And, you know, that's kind of a form of transition because Absolutely. other people have to be involved in, you know, helping them get to that point where they can work when they feel like working, but right. they can still stay engaged. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we could we could keep going and going and going here, but um, <laughs> it's time for us to wrap up. I appreciate having you on the show so much. Um, do you have one um, idea or one takeaway or one thing that you'd recommend that people could kind of get started on right away? You know, I think the biggest thing that I would probably suggest is talk to your existing advisors. Just Mm. ask them the question. You know, I I think it's time for me to start thinking about this and and see Mm -hmm. what type of feedback you get. Um, I think that that, and and like I say, so much information, so much good information out there. 
I would just say, you know, take advantage some of that, grab yeah. it, have a conversation with your advisors and, and start formulating as an owner, start formulating your priorities as far as how long you want to be involved and what amount of capital, if any, you're looking to try to derive from this. Because remember, an exit strategy is that development of a plan to monetize an owner's investment in their business. Exactly. Monetize being the operative word there, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. Well, for our listeners, you will be able to find this and all of our previous episodes on the Poised for Exit website at poisedforexit.com, where you can also order a copy of my book, Poised for Exit. Please do share this program with your business owner friends and colleagues. We super appreciate you following and subscribing and hope you can join us again next time.